So we are in a summer series called Flourish, and uh, I haven't actually spoken for, uh, this is week five, and I haven't spoken since week one, and I just got to say that um, I am so thankful for the people in our church family that step up and that are gifted to preach. So good. First week or second week, Eve stepped in and preached on celebration, and Eve was just the right person to preach on that topic because if you know anything about Eve or her family, they are all about the celebration. And uh, if you've ever been in Eve's home, you get how they just like to have a party. They like to have a good time. There's usually singing. There's usually dancing. There's usually games. Um, and what I love about their family is how they just infuse the presence of God into their celebration in a super cool way. And then uh, third week, John Garner. Where's John? You're in here. So there's John. <laughs> John stepped up, and John preached on um, John preached on generosity. And we just have been so blessed in our church um, by the model John and Darlene that you guys set for us when it comes to generosity and just the way that you give and you give and you give. And uh, since uh, this church started, I mean, they just they just pour out their lives. Um, in every way imaginable, um, giving, and just so thankful for them. And then last week we had young, fiery Rome Williams preach, and uh, and uh, it was really good. I really appreciated a lot of what Rome said. And whenever someone's preaching while I'm away, I like to come back and just give it a listen. And and I got, I just I was laughing so much last week. And I don't know if you guys get Rome's humor, but I totally get it. And I just think it's the funniest thing. But he said some great things, and it's so cool to see how God is working in his life. But yeah, so Becky and I were on vacation for the last couple weeks, and uh, we were down in uh, Redding, California. And uh, we just uh, liked the heat, I guess. It was 115 one day, and nice and toasty. But that wasn't a problem for us because we, uh, we managed to find an Airbnb that had a nice swimming pool, and it was pretty cool and refreshing. And we managed to get out to the lake. Um, we even went white water river rafting one day and just like got, it was beautiful. Can I show you a couple pictures this morning? Yeah, okay. So this first one here, this is like one of the top rafting pictures we've ever had. That is Becky, Taylor, Aaliyah, and Presley. And they're getting ready to go into what is called Hell's Hole on the Trinity River. And, um, um, you can't really see it, but so I was behind them and watching them go over this, this little rapid, and as they went down this, like, it's about a five-foot drop, they just completely disappeared. I couldn't even see them. And then I came right after them with Ethan and uh, Tori in our raft, and I think there's a picture up here of us, and you can just see how relaxed I am, and just like, <laughs> I just know God's got it all covered. It's just, that's how you handle it. You're just relaxed and at ease, just no problem. <laughs> but um, it was a lot of fun. We had a, we had a great time. And, uh, you know, I, um, you're going to actually hear next week about rest and the importance of rest and just pulling away from it all um, in order to flourish. So good. Um, this morning I want to read out of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. So if you've got a Bible or a Bible app, probably most of us uh, are Bible app people. Um, I'm going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and starting in verse 1. Um, this part isn't on the screen yet, Randy, just so you know. Um, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. 
One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, called Samuel. Samuel answered, here, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not, did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, the Lord began to speak. He spoke to him. Um, like I said we were, Becky and I just spent the last couple of weeks on vacation, and um, when we came back from vacation, we discovered um, that all the flowers that we'd gotten back in the spring, <laughs> some of you know where this is going, <laughs> all, the, all the flowers that we had gotten back in the spring uh, were not doing so well. Um, back in the spring, this year actually, we decided uh, that we were going to kind of go all out with our flowers. We were doing some landscaping. We just thought, let's just make it look really awesome. And so on vacation, uh, we got someone to look after our house. And uh, when we came back, the flowers were no longer flourishing. And I used to think that the opposite of flourishing was withering, but I learned that the opposite of flourishing is dead. Just dead. And I, I know what you're thinking. Okay, after a week of vacation, how can your flowers go from flourishing to dead? Are they really dead? I, I got some proof here this morning of what happened. That is pretty dead. And, and I got to tell you, these were flourishing before he left, okay? And, and I want you to know that they were like green, and there was color, and they were it was just like, they were outstanding. But then after a week of vacation, this is what we came back to. We had, what was it, six pots that were kind of like this, hanging baskets and all that kind of stuff. And we came back, and they just, they were, they were like this. We have a, had a very responsible house sitter who said, who just, they swore that they were watering them on schedule. And uh, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was just the 90 degree heat that you had here when we were gone. I don't know if they were just missing mama's love as she was down in Reading, and they just didn't have her to sing to them at night or whatever. So they just kind of shriveled up and died. But, but I don't know. Um, but we do know for sure that, that they are dead. Um, they are no longer flourishing. And God doesn't want you to have a heart and soul that looks like this. God wants you to have a heart and a soul that is, that is, that is flourishing. In fact, Jesus said it like this. He said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have life to the what? To the full. That speaks of flourishing. He didn't come so that you would wither. He didn't come so that you would die. He didn't come so that you would have a, 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 a life that's just wrapped up in, in agony and fear and anxiousness. He came so that you could flourish no matter what life might throw at you, no matter how 
hot your life might get, difficult the circumstances, the challenges that you might face, He came so that you could flourish and that your life would be characterized as someone who is flourishing. Your life could be a life that looks like a tree that's big and green and full of big, juicy fruit so that you could be like a garden that has plants that are growing and flowers and vegetables overflowing the boundaries of the pot and the fences. And the way to flourishing in life is to stay connected to Jesus. It's to stay connected to Jesus. I'm actually going to get rid of this because you don't want to look like this all morning. <laughs> when we got home, I saw that, and the first thing I did, we just like grabbed the baskets and we, I just dumped them in the garbage. I'm like, okay, it's summertime. I don't want to look at death in the summertime. I want to look at life. <laughs> um, but uh, the way to flourish is to stay connected to Jesus. He's, he's like that sunshine that brings growth and strength. He's like the water that waters your soul. In fact, Jesus said, anybody who's thirsty, come to me and, and, and drink, he said. And in order to experience it and know life, you, you just, you have to stay connected to the one who is life. Did you catch that? In order to experience and know life, you have to stay connected to the one who is life. Without Jesus, you will wither. And that's what he taught in John 15, that you're like that branch, that you've got to stay connected to the vine, because if you don't stay connected to the vine, you, you, you wither. You lose your love. You lose your joy. You lose your, pa- your, your peace and your patience. And, and here's the key for us, though, remaining in him, drinking from the one who is the water of life, does not happen accidentally. It does not happen by accident. You do not have a flourishing garden by accident. You have to be very intentional about watering, very intentional about, about nurturing those plants and making sure that they are protected from disease and making sure they have all the right fertilizer and that you're, you're keeping all the bugs off and all that kind of stuff. It takes a lot of intentionality to have a garden that is flourishing. And it's the same thing with your heart and soul. It doesn't, it doesn't flourish by accident. If you're just hoping that you give your life to Christ and then you'll just magically start to flourish and grow— that's not how it works. It takes intentionality in order to be a person that, whose life is, is flourishing. And this intentionality happens through what Jesus' followers through the ages have called the spiritual disciplines or the spiritual practices. And that's been the whole idea this summer that we've been looking at these spiritual practices of so far generosity and celebration and silence and solitude. These are, are spiritual practices that... that are, are your way of intentionally staying connected to Jesus, intentionally staying connected to that vine so that your life can be a life that is flourishing. And today I get to preach on the spiritual practice of prayer. And to do that, we're going to hang out in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Um, verse 1 says this, and we already read this, but we're going we're to break this down verse by verse. It says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli, Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. Visions were quite uncommon. So this story, we're kind of jumping into the middle of a narrative here. There's there's some history happening. There's a story happening. And let me just give you a little bit of context to what's going on here. So back in the day, the Israelites uh, would—all the religious activity would take place around a temple. And in that temple, they had priests. Eli was the priest at that time. And Samuel is this kid who has this— very unusual story. His mom had been praying for a child, 
God comes along and, and blesses her with a child, and, and what she does is a, just a show of gratitude and honoring God is when Samuel is just a toddler, just after he'd been weaned, his mom, Hannah, took Samuel and drops him off at the temple and gives, basically dedicates him to ser the service of the Lord. Says, Eli, he's yours. Uh, train him up. He's here to serve God in the, in the temple. And so Samuel just, he, he's raised in the, the temple courts, and uh, he just, he, he grows up there. So you have Eli, and you have this young man named Samuel, and he grows, it'd be like just kind of growing up in church sort of thing. And as we read, though, there's a problem. The Bible says that messages from the Lord were rare. People just did not hear God speak very much. And later on in the story, which we, we don't have time to get into this morning, we're going to find out, um, if you were to read through the rest of that, that uh, or read through 1 Samuel, the first five chapters or so, you've, you'd read that the reason that people weren't hearing God so much is because there was sin. Eli had a couple sons who uh, were also part of the, 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 the temple activity and were very involved, and these sons were just willfully sinning, willfully disobeying God, and there is no faster way to go from flourishing to, will, to withering than willful sin and disobedience. And even though Eli is a God-fearing, devout man, he, he was a passive man in that he was allowing his sons to be willfully sinning and, and, and making a mockery of God right under Eli's nose, and he's doing nothing about it. And, and by the way, living in sin while attempting to have a life that is flourishing— um, just does not work. It's like, it's like you've got a garden, and you're, you want it to flourish, but your hose has toxic waste coming out of it. Yes, the two don't, the two don't mix. And the people of God in 1 Samuel are, are withering under the yoke of sin. They're all feeling the impact of what's going on. And the Bible goes on to say that one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And there's, there's some symbolism here in this verse, and it's very revealing. Um, Eli's physical eyes had become blind in much the same way that his, his spiritual eyes had gone blind. He could barely see, but even though he could barely see, the lamp of God had not gone out. He could barely hear the voice of God, but God was—his nature hadn't changed. God was still a speaking God, but what had changed was Eli's ability and even Eli's desire to hear the voice of God. His desire had, had shifted from God being his top priority to now his top priority was not rocking the boat with his son. He was now more about pleasing man than about pleasing God. And like a slighted lover, God goes mostly silent. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, the Bible says, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God, and suddenly the Lord call, called out, Samuel. There's a few things that we're going to kind of highlight this morning as we look at prayer. And uh, one of the things is this. First thing is this. Prayer is a two-way conversation. And I think if you were to read this text that we just read and kind of get to this point where we got, got to so far, and if, I, if we were to ask, okay, is this describing prayer? I think most of us would probably say no. Because there's only one person so far at this point that's been speaking. And who is that? It's, it's God. God comes along, and, and He speaks. And so often, 
what we do is we have this idea of prayer where it's us doing the talking. So it's time to pray, which means it's time for us to go talk to God. And then we, we talk, and we talk, and we talk, and we tell him about this, and we tell him about that, and we ask him for this, and we ask him for that. And then when we're done all the talking, we close it all up with a nice little bow, amen, and then we, we walk away. That's part of prayer, but it, it is a very small part of prayer. Prayer is a two-way conversation where we talk to God, and he talks to us. And, and no wonder so many people struggle to have a prayer life when you consider that so many people's prayer life is just one-sided. It's just you doing all the talking. I don't know if you've ever had, tried to have a friendship with somebody, and, and they just do all the talking. They just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on, and you never get a chance to jump in and say anything. It's very hard to have a friendship with that kind of a, a conversation happening. It's a really no conversation. Um, eventually, you just, it just kind of fizzles out. And it's the same thing with, with so many people when it comes to their prayer life. It tends to be all the, uh, uh, the it's just them doing all the talking. And, and that kind of a relationship really isn't a relationship at all. If you want to be friends, you, there has to be, it's a two-way thing. And the idea of being friends with someone while only one person does all the talking would actually be a kind of dumb idea. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. But for some reason, when it comes to our relationship, relationship with God, we think that it's a relationship where we do all the talking, but it's just not the case. It's not supposed to be that way. Prayer is a dialogue. It's a conversation between two people. It's you speaking. It's God speaking. And the second thing that we see here in this, this, this story so far is that prayer is often initiated by God. You ever thought about that? How prayer is not necessarily initiated by us. A lot of times, it's initiated by God. If it's a conversation, then you know, you know, you know how it works in the conversations that you have with those in your life. Sometimes it's you initiating the conversation, but a lot of times it's the other person initiating the conversation. It's the same thing with God. Prayer, prayer is often initiated by, by Him. And this story that we we're reading, the prayer time is initiated by God Himself. And like God tends to do, he, he doesn't work, and He doesn't speak on our timelines. You know, He doesn't wait to speak to Samuel after he's had a good night's sleep. You know, Samuel's gotten up in the morning, and he's had his breakfast. He's, he's checked his TikTok feed, and he's, he's just now ready for the day, and, and ready. He's got his quiet time. No, God speaks on His timeline. He shows up in the middle of the night and speaks to Samuel. And the best kind of relationship to have with God is not one where you have him confined to an hour on a Sunday morning. It's not one where you have him confined to a 10 or 15 minute slot at the start of your day. That's all good and it's all important, but the best kind of relationship to ha have with God is one where your life is wide open to him moving and speaking in your life whenever he wants to. You know, just this morning I had this happen where um, Aaliyah just got a, a, a job at one of the berry farms here in Ferndale. She's picking blueberries today. And uh, so this morning I had to pick up her, her friend, Aaliyah, and her friend together. And had just dropped off Aaliyah. And I was driving here. And on the way here, I, I rarely drive in silence. I'm, I always got to have music playing on the radio when I'm driving. And uh, so this morning I went to, to, uh, to hit play on the radio. And just in that moment, 
was very soft, very subtle. It was down here in my heart and soul. I just felt like God was saying, Rich, don't put on the music. You are driving along this road on this spectacular, beautiful summer Sunday morning. Just take some time in the silence to worship me and be thankful for all the blessings in your life. And it was very soft and very subtle. And it wasn't me. I had no, I was not planning to have a, a prayer time. I wasn't planning to talk to God in that moment. But it's like it just came along, just whispered very quietly. Hey, don't do that. Instead, do this. And the best kind of, it's the best kind of relationship to have with God. To one where your life is wide open to listening to, God, what are you saying? How are you speaking? How are you speaking? And, and, and you'll be surprised how often he'll speak. God speaks to Samuel, but he doesn't, recognize God's voice. The Bible says that when God spoke, Samuel said, yes? What is it? And he got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Eli said, go back to bed. Samuel, the Bible says, did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. I read that line and I thought, how tragic. How tragic. Listen to this. Sam Samuel has literally grown up in the place where God's presence dwells. I mean, we read it how he, when he went to sleep, it was almost like right beside the Ark of the Covenant. That's the place where, where Israel, where it, that was like the, the manifest presence of God. Like God is the Ark of the Covenant where he was just there. He was, he was present. The, the place most associated with the presence of God. Samuel grows up there. He even goes to sleep beside it, and yet he did not know the Lord, the Bible says. He never heard God speak. Here's the third thing about prayer this morning. You can spend a lot of time around the things of God and yet still not know the voice of God. You can spend a lot of time around the things of God and amazingly enough, still not know the voice of God. And, and I think part of what had been happening here is Eli had been so busy serving God and doing the duties of a religious man that he neglected to teach Samuel how to hear and recognize the voice of God. And I got to tell you, as a pastor and as a parent, I find this very convicting. You know, I don't ever want to lead a church or a home where our kids, the next generation, grows up as strangers to the voice of God. Is anybody with me on that? I don't ever want to lead a church or a home where where the next generation is growing up around the things of God. This is the things of God, the activity, the hustle, the bustle, the programs, all the stuff that we do as a church. I don't ever want to lead a church or a family where you got all that stuff, and yet the next generation does not hear or recognize the voice of God. You know, we have a job, my job, our job, is to teach and train the next generation to hear His voice and to know Him. That is a whole lot different than seeing our job is getting the next generation to, to attend church services. Our job is not to get the next generation to attend church services, to attend programs, and to um, become well-behaved people when they grow up and leave our homes. Our job 
Listen, church, you got to catch this because it's so important. Our job is to train and teach the next generation to hear God and to know Him. To know Him. It's our job. And we need the, the grace and the strength of God to do that. Samuel goes back to bed again. He's scratching his head, no doubt. He's wondering if he's going crazy. He's wondering what this voice is. He's wondering who, who in the world is speaking to him. He hears the voice, but he, doesn't, he just doesn't know what's going on. And Eli's saying, no, it's not me. He goes back to bed. And if he's lying in bed, Scripture says, the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Interesting how long it took Eli to realize what was going on. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And I don't understand this. I don't, it just kind of goes to show you a little bit of how Eli's heart had kind of drifted away from God. Like, why didn't he just say, hey, Samuel, go back to your bed and just, and, and say, God, I'm here. You're speaking to me. Speak. But instead, Eli says, go, go back to your bed, and if he speaks again, and why did he do that? I don't, I don't know. I, I think he just kind of drifted from God himself. Instead of just saying, Samuel, go back and just say, God, speak. I'm listening to you. Well, Samuel went back to bed, the Bible says, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And then the Lord said to Samuel. You know, what do you think of when you hear the word prayer? What do you think of? Just, just for a second, just pause and just ask yourself, okay, what do I think of when I hear the word prayer? What do I think of? What comes to mind? Maybe for someone in the room, the first thing that comes to mind is boring. <laughs> prayer, ah, oh, just so boring. It's just so dull. Maybe for somebody else, what comes to mind is failure. You're like, I, I have tried to establish a prayer life, a prayer routine, and no matter how hard I do it, I just kind of get sidetracked, distracted, and it just, it just doesn't happen. Maybe for somebody else, you're just thinking, oh, it's confusing. It's confusing. Richard, y'all just talked this morning about hearing God speak. What the heck? How do, we, how do I even know it's God speaking and not something else? How do I know when, when it's God? Maybe for somebody else, uh, you, you might have something along the lines cross your mind like this, like, it's just out of my league. Like prayer? You know, that's all, that's for like the super Christians, that's for you pastor types, and that's for people that have been following Jesus for years and years and years and years and years. Not for me. Not for me. It's clear from Scripture that, that, that God speaks to us. That prayer is a conversation. It's a conversation between you and God. And, and what had to happen for God to continue talking in the story that we just read? It's simple. Samuel had to respond. He had to respond. He had to respond. And, and God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me. He wants our prayer life to be something that is causing you and him to get closer and closer together. You know, the goal of prayer, I just read this actually this week, the goal of prayer is actually closeness with God. It's closeness with God. It's that you would, you would grow closer and closer to him. You would know him more. You would depend on him more. That's what, that's what prayer is. It is all about this conversation where we speak and God speaks. God speaks and then we speak. And, and I think most of us probably get the we speak part about prayer, but we a lot of times get confused about the God speaks part. And maybe like Samuel, we just don't hear or we just don't recognize God's voice. 
And this can happen for a, a lot of different reasons. I want to give you some reasons why this happens. One of the reasons is we don't really want to hear God. You know, maybe that's because we have no desire for friendship. Maybe we don't want to hear Him speak because we know that we're living a way that is not pleasing or honoring God. And it's, we know it's not God's way, but we're convinced for some some reason we're convinced that this way that we're living is the best way and we know that if we go to him in prayer with an open heart we just know we know that's going to be the first thing that he puts his finger on and it should be because if it's not his way it's not leading to life but we don't want to hear we don't want to hear god maybe another reason is we only hear what we want to hear i apparently have this gift in my marriage according to my wife where i only hear what i want to hear it's the superpower that i have if Becky says, hey, can you fix my van? Hey, can you help with dinner tonight? I have this superpower gift where I just, I don't even know how I do it, but somehow I block that out. But if Becky comes along and says, hey, let's go to bed early tonight, wink, wink, all of a sudden my hearing just like <laughs> full on radar. I hear it's, it's a superpower. I hear what I want to hear. And, I, and maybe, it's, maybe it's like that with God sometimes. We hear him when he wants to encourage us, but when he wants to come along and redirect our lives, all of a sudden we somehow are able to just zone that out. We block that out. Another reason that we don't hear is, is maybe sin keeps us from hearing. What, like what happened with Eli, it was the sin of passivity that kept him from hearing God. Another reason is maybe we're never taught to hear God. Samuel had, he, he, the Bible says he'd never been taught to hear God, and this, this is a problem in the church today where we, we just, prayer tends to be a big part of the focus. How do we talk to God? And a, a much smaller part of the, the focus is how, does, how do we hear God speak to us? We're not taught. Another reason is we're just too busy. We pack our lives so full that we just, we don't have any space for God. And I found out the last couple of weeks that even on vacation, you can pack your life so full, busy getting nice meals ready and busy visiting with family and busy like going down rapids and all this kind of stuff that you just don't you don't have any space you're too busy to hear the voice of god another reason is we, we're always the one doing the talking it's that one-sided conversation or maybe it's just impatience we can't wait on god or a fear will confuse our thoughts with his thoughts that's bringing fear into your conversation into your prayer life which is not a good thing the better thing would be to bring faith into your prayer life but we just have this fear and, and another reason that we don't hear god is is we're just we're often listening for a loud voice rather than a quiet voice you hear this story about samuel hearing god speak and you think i, I don't know what goes through your mind but i, I remember when i was a, uh, a kid hearing that story i just had this idea in my head that god was just like almost like you audible voice like i'm talking to you right now god was saying samuel and but I, that, I, that's not how god works it is very 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 rare for god to speak in an audible voice i've never had it happen in my life i have talked to other people that have but how god most often speaks is through that quiet gentle whisper remember the story of elijah he's up there at the the cave and and he's 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 needing to meet with god and what happens? A mighty windstorm comes by. God was not in it. The next thing, this, this, this fire comes by. God is not in it. Next thing that comes by is this earthquake, like mighty, rock-shattering earthquake. And the Bible says that 
God was not in it. And the next, the next thing the scripture says in that, that whole story is after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and a voice said, God began to speak. He began to speak in a gentle, quiet whisper. God speaks. What's keeping you from hearing the voice of God? What is it that's blocking you from hearing the voice of God? Maybe it's something that I just went, that big list that I just went through. Maybe it's one of those things. It's just, it's getting in the way of you hearing the voice of God. We need to hear God speak. You cannot flourish in your life unless you hear the voice of God. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. We live. We come to life. We, we are like dead plants, flowers, and we come to life. We flourish as we hear God speak. And when we hear Him speaking to us, we, we respond to Him. Sometimes He's going to speak to you through, through, through the Word. You're going to just crack open your Bible, and, and something's going to, he, He's going to speak to you through that. Other times you'll be driving along the road on a Sunday morning and God will say, hey, don't hit the radio. Instead, go to worship and go to Thanksgiving this morning. God, he, he wants to speak to you. And most often, though, how he speaks is in the quietness of the moment. He comes along. So how do you hear God speak? I want to give you this morning a tool that I learned uh, a couple years ago that's really helped me. And a, a lot of you in our church that have gone through um, our discipleship groups, this is going to be a great reminder for you, a great refresher for you this morning on how to hear the voice of God. It's a tool uh, simply called the STAR tool. And STAR is an acronym to just help you remember some things. And, and uh, here's what each letter stands for and how to put that into practice. If you're a note taker, um, maybe we'll put this out on our social media this week. But the, the, the S stands for stop. Just stop. Maybe you've got lots of problems going on in your life. You've got lots of things that are just racing through your mind. Just stop. Don't try to fix the problem. Don't try to fix the person. Don't try to fix the situation. Just stop. Because one of the biggest hindrances to hearing the voice of God is anxiousness. It's worry. It's fear. It's just all that stuff swirling around in your heart, in your mind, and it's going a thousand miles an hour. And when that's happening, you will have a difficult time hearing God speak. You have to stop. If there's a problem occupying your mind, realize that not everything needs to be fixed right there, right in that moment. Just stop. The Bible says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Uh, schemes. Just be still. Be still. Know that that problem will work itself out. That situation will pass. God's in charge. He's in control. Just take a load off and be. Be present. I love what Rome said last week. He said that, that one of the things, just I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but one of the things that's just crazy about the kingdom of God and why it just turns a lot of people away is because it's so simple. It's the simplicity of just being. Just be. Just be present with God and watch how in that moment he comes along and he speaks and he moves. And, and I've personally found that if I've got a lot of stuff that's just going through my mind, and I can't, I, even though I want to just stop, I can't. It helps me just to grab a pen and a paper and write down all those things. I've had moments where I've had, I've written down like 
a long list of stuff going through my mind. I write it down, and I just put it over there. And it just, it, there's something about putting it on paper and then coming back. Um, the second letter is T, which is, stands for take a breather and calm down. To stop, whatever you're doing, your activity in life, whatever's going on up here, just stop. The next, take a breather, calm down. Um, you need to rest, get in his presence, just be with him. Um, it says in Isaiah 30, 15, it says, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning in rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in trust shall be your strength. And this is, this is a bit of an art. You know, I think it even involves like some physical things you can do. You can, you can just stop and be still, whatever that moment is in your day. Maybe it's you have some time set aside in your morning. Maybe it's after work. Maybe it's lunch, whatever. But, but even in that moment, as you physically stop, there are things you can do physically that will help you just get in a place where you can just kind of clear all the clutter. Take a deep breath. Take a couple other deep breaths. Science has actually proven that, that deep breathing actually works on you physiologically to reduce anxiety and bring in some peace. In that place of calmness, what you do is you just like take your worries and your problems and you just lay them down at the feet of Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm giving these to you. Maybe it's that list that you wrote down under, under stop and you say, Jesus, I'm going to give these to you. And in that place of surrender, you, you say, God, I'm I surrender my life. I surrender all these things to you. I come to you and I just cast them at your feet. And then the A stands for appreciate and connect with Jesus. Psalm 100, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. I think I've told you this before, but I've spent most of my life in my, just in my personal prayer times doing the opposite of that. It's, it was enter his gates with complaining. Enter his gates with grumbling. God, why is this happening in my life right now? God, why is this not changing? God, why are you not doing this? God, I'm just feeling so anxious inside. I'm feeling so discouraged. I'm feeling so whatever it is. That is not the way to come into God's presence. There is something very powerful about coming into God's presence with thanksgiving and praise regardless of how awful your life is in that moment. When you lift up Jesus, when you begin to put your focus and your attention on all that you have to be thankful for in your life, and everybody in this room has a list a mile long of things that you could be thankful for, when you begin to, to put your heart and your focus on those things, it's amazing how God comes in and speaks and just like shifts some things in your heart and soul and in your mind. It's, it's powerful. So stop, take a breather, calm down, appreciate and connect with Jesus, worship, worry. You know, I love what, I think it was, I heard this from you, Wendy, you said a while back, worry and worship cannot occupy the same space in your mind. That's so good. Worry and worship cannot occupy the same space in your mind. It's just not possible. Gratitude and grumbling cannot occupy the same space in your mind. Faith and fear cannot occupy the same space. And, and when you bring that to Jesus, when you just appreciate you connect with him, it's amazing how God works. And the last thing here, the R. So S is what? T is what? A is what? Wow, you guys are listening this morning. 
Because sometimes I don't ever know up here. I just like, are they all just thinking about, okay, I got, uh, uh, we're going a little over. The lake is calling right now. <laughs> awesome. The R is this. It's respond. Respond. Respond in faith. Respond in love. Respond however God is, whatever. I mean, it's, it's conversation, right? When someone comes to you and, and speaks to you, depending on what the conversation is about, there's a response that happens. And, and respond to God. I had a choice this morning. I could go, oh, God, I got some, some songs I really want to listen to on the radio on the drive back home. Or I can go, no, I'm just going to pause and take a different direction, respond with Thanksgiving worship. Maybe, he, maybe how he speaks to you is he, he, he encourages you somehow. Have you ever asked God, by the way, to encourage you? Try it sometime. Go through this whole star exercise, and in there somewhere say, God, I just need some encouragement. How, encourage me. God, how do you want to encourage me today? And then, then if, if or when he does, respond. Like, Lord, thank you so much for the way that you love me. Thank you so much for the way that you care for me. Thank you so much that you haven't abandoned me. God, thank you. Respond. Other times when he speaks, he's going to come along, and he's going to convict. He's going to He's going to say, this way that you're living is, is not my way, and it's not my way for a reason. It's because it destroys. And the respondents say, God, I confess that I've been doing this. I confess that I haven't trusted you. I confess, Lord, that, that, that my way of living has been wrong. God, I'm turning to you. But respond. It's so amazing that the God who created the heavens and the earth the God who knows you far better than you'll ever know yourself. The God who is all-powerful. The same God that raised Jesus from the dead. The same God that parted those seas before Moses and the Israelites. The same God that shut the mouths of the lions and, 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 as Daniel's there in the lion's den. The same God that brought thousands of people to faith as the early church exploded in Acts. That same God is available 24-7 for you to talk to. 24-7. Don't, don't miss out on that. Don't, don't, don't let that incredible privilege pass you by. Be someone who goes, okay, God, I'm going to be intentional about conversating with you. I'm going to be intentional about listening to you. I'm going to be intentional about responding to you. I'm going to be intentional about, about putting moments aside where I can just be with you and listen to you. And as you do that, he will, the, the beautiful thing is he will work in your life. It's like you're going to be connected to that vine and, and flourishing, growth, fruit will begin to happen. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much that we have this privilege, God, where we don't have to go through a bunch of protocol and a bunch of, bunch of systems. We don't, we don't have to show up at a certain building at a certain time at a certain place in order to talk to you. Lord, 24-7 access to the throne room of God. How amazing is that? Lord, I pray for all of us here. God, for those watching online, God, I pray, Jesus, that you would help all of us, Lord, to be people that hunger and thirst for you. 
God, wherever we're at in our relationship, our friendship with you, God, wherever we're at, I pray, Jesus, that, Lord, God, you would, you would stir up a desire for more. God, even in this time that we've had together this morning, I pray, God, that you would, would work through this time, God, to just stir up a desire and a hunger in our heart for more. God, thank you that you, you are a speaking God. You're God that's present with us. Lord, what an incredible promise, Jesus, that you left us just before you, you ascended into heaven. You said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. God, you're with each one of us every moment of every day. And God, may we take advantage of that. May we go to you for comfort. May we go for, to you for encouragement. May we go to you simply for encouragement. May we go to you to worship you, to thank you, to, 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 to just tell you how much you mean to us. May we go to you whenever problems arise in our life. May you be the first person, God, that we bring into the conversation. God, may we go to you, God, when we need direction, when we need, God, just a next step. God, may we go to you for hope. God, may we go to you when we're, when we're lonely and we just need love and we need someone just to, sh to, to tell us and let us know how much we mean to them. God, may we go to you in those moments. God, may we be so quick to go to you. Help us, I pray. Help us, I pray. Help us to be people who, who speak to you and whose ears are ever attentive to your, your beautiful, beautiful voice. God, I pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Man, it's been really good being here this morning and just being able to be with you and worship with you and crack open God's word together. I just pray that you're encouraged. And I pray that maybe you're like that, that flower pot that's just, maybe you walked in this morning kind of feeling shriveled up a little bit. And hopefully you're, you're, you're experiencing the life of Jesus just begin to pour into you and infuse his life and his hope and his peace this morning. Keep walking in that. As you leave this place this morning, walk in that. All right, we have gone way over this morning, so we're going to stand together, and uh, we're going to head out with a song of worship. Um, our ushers are going to pass the bucket down the road this morning and give you a chance to give back to God tithes and offering. But let's just bless Jesus as we head out of here this morning. God bless.